I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey everyone, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 122, and today I'm going to be talking about part of the book called Glucose Revolution, The Life-Changing Power of Balancing Your Blood Sugar by Jesse Inchaspe. And I, first of all, just want to tell a little bit of the story of why I am interested and why I think this is helpful and also kind of let you know a little bit how it's working because I've been trying to balance my blood sugar lately. So first of all, I've been thinking a lot about the seven habits. Obviously, we did a big study over the summer and into the fall. And one of his things is sharpening the saw and having working on your health. And I feel like at the beginning of the new year, everybody's sort of like trying to find ways to be more healthy and whatever that looks like. And I feel like it is really confusing to know exactly what that looks like and what healthy actually means. Sometimes it seems like a simple idea, but understanding maybe just this one thing of like, stabilizing your blood sugar, that is actually going to help your body be more healthy. And I guess what I really liked about this book is that she is a scientist and she explains the science of what your body does when it is processing your meals, turning that into glucose. And so I'll get into that today. It's more about how your body works And I think that is just really, really helpful because I know I personally didn't really understand how that all works. And I'm, you know, 47, almost 48. I feel like I maybe took a couple biology classes, but I don't know if I really understood how it all works. So that's one thing I really liked about this book. And then she gives some practical, what she calls hacks on ways that you can what she calls flattening your glucose curve, which I'll kind of talk about a little bit. But first, I want to tell you a little bit of why I even got interested in learning about like blood sugar and balancing your blood sugar. So first of all, I'll talk a little bit about my mom. And I think this is kind of normal for people who are in menopause, you know, older women have trouble sleeping. And my mom went through this like, probably when she was like 60 years old for the rest of pretty much her life. (laughs) So for 20 years, my mom really struggled to be able to sleep. And she went to multiple doctors and she tried multiple things. And no one ever mentioned that maybe we should look at your blood sugar levels when you're going to bed or what they're doing during the day 
And what is fascinating to me is from this book, you just learn that getting your blood sugar under control, whether or not you have diabetes or not, is a very big lever that you can pull if you're having any health issues that you're trying to figure out the problem is. My mom kind of gave up on doctors because she just felt like they weren't really fixing any of her problems. She got into a lot of essential oils and felt like that helped a little bit. So then another thing that kind of helped me think about this is like my oldest son has regularly struggled also sleeping. For him, he has trouble like falling asleep at the end of the day and it happened a lot during his mission and it's still happening while he's in school. And I know how it can be hard when you're just tired all the time. And so I've just been trying to understand like, how can we help that somewhere? Like what is going on? And my sister had mentioned, I have a sister who is into functional medicine, a nutritionist, and we started working with my older son to try to figure out what one of these problems were. And one thing she mentioned that really stuck with me was that maybe he is spiking his blood sugar at the end of the day. After you spike, your blood sugar then kind of comes down and can also sometimes go too low. And when your blood sugar is too low, sometimes your body will wake you up and just the waking up like steadies your blood sugar for some reason. But then it's hard for you to go to sleep. And I think that's what was happening with my mom for years and years. And also now with my son. And so we've been trying to figure out how to help him. So then I came across, before I found this book, I came across another program which um, really was all about focusing on balancing your blood sugar, which um, I'll tell you about a little bit at the end, either of this one or another one. But so I was kind of doing that this summer just to really understand it before I kind of had my son do it. And then this book came out. And so I just felt like it was really helpful to understand what blood sugar stabilization does or how your body uses glucose, which is what blood sugar is. It's kind of, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, anyway, so that is kind of where this all kind of spurred from. Okay, so in the beginning of the book, Jessie in Chospi talks about how she has this accident while she's in Hawaii. And she jumps off a big waterfall, but instead of staying really tight with her body and going in feet first, she ends up freaking out and going in on her bum and it like compacted her like vertebrae. And there were all sorts of complications, which she luckily is fine now. Obviously, she can write a book, but this sort of developed because of that accident when she was 19 years old. And then she became a scientist, a biochemist, and then also went to work for, she wanted to understand kind of the effects of what happened to her because she never really felt like herself again and went to work with 23andMe and then got introduced to these continuous glucose monitors, which then 
she started doing all these experiments just on herself on seeing how glucose spikes and dips and looking at that and how that affects her. So it begins with a story and I find it interesting that usually we have these authors that, you know, have something that they go through that then helps them to search for a solution that really ends up helping all of us. Think of like Atomic Habits, that was the same with him. You know, he has a story before and then develops this system. Some people are just really good at explaining things like that. So with the glucose revolution, the first part of the book is kind of helping to explain what glucose is and then what it does in our body. And then there's a third part with like 10 different hacks on how to flatten your glucose curve. There's a certain level that it's supposed to go. If you think of like, I want to say the sine curve, (laughs) the one that goes down and up, down, (laughs) that is kind of what it should look like, but it shouldn't like go up too high and then go too low. And I think in general, as especially in the U.S., And I think of how my kids eat, like we eat a lot of sugary stuff. (laughs) And so this has been eye-opening for me, even though I've always like tried to help my kids to eat vegetables and I feel like I'm trying to know, understand what it means to be healthy. But now I feel like this book really just helps me understand the purpose of being healthy is to help your blood sugar stay within a stable range. And that eventually, what that does is help your hormones get to the right levels they need to be. And then that just helps your body work at its best. Okay, so what she really talks about is glucose is made in plants. It begins there in plants. And they can, like a plant can create its own food because of photosynthesis. And then she kind of talks about there are different ways that a plant gets these glucose molecules together. So to store extra glucose, a plant will then link a bunch of glucose together and store them with an enzyme. And she kind of compares it to like, a bunch of kids running around on a playground, but then the teacher's aide comes and gathers everybody to head, have them come inside. So everybody is linking hands. So when you have a starch, that's a bunch of glucose that is linked together. So you think about children on a playground and a teacher's aide linking them together. There's an enzyme that links them together to store more energy. Then there's another enzyme that makes the glucose that's linking to hand and foot with another enzyme that makes fiber. And I, you know, most of us are probably familiar with how fiber is good, but fiber isn't ever broken down. Like it just goes through you. So it helps with your digestion. It's what paper is made out of. And she talks about how it allows plants to grow tall without falling over. And then there's even sweeter forms of glucose, which is fructose. And then there's sucrose, which is fructose and glucose linked up together. And it makes a slightly smaller molecule, which allows plants to store them more energy more tightly. So just understanding kind of how the glucose is made in plants. And then 
us as humans, we use glucose for energy. Like that's what our body needs. Like it, it's going to turn whatever we have into glucose. And we use a lot of energy as humans. And I was kind of baffled by this statistic. She said, every second your body burns 8 billion billion molecules of glucose. To put that in perspective, if each glucose molecule were a grain of sand, you'd burn every single grain of sand on all the beaches of the earth every 10 minutes. What? So she says, suffice it to say, humans need a tremendous amount of fuel. So we can't produce our own fuel, which is why we need to eat. It Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just go out in the sun and like have a good meal made in our body? <laughs> I would love that. Except right now living in Cleveland, it would be super hard because I feel like it's super gray most of the winter here in Cleveland. She talks about glucose and how we have like starch, which you think of like starchy foods like potatoes and pasta, things that have a lot of like condensed amount of glucose. We have those enzymes that are like holding hands, if you think about that. But when we chew, that breaks those enzymes up in our mouth and then our body uses that glucose. Fiber, on the other hand, does not get broken down. So, and that's what carbs, carbohydrates are when you're joining a carbon and water, which happens during photosynthesis. So it's basically your starch and fiber and sugars are your carbohydrates. She goes on to tell us, we obviously all love sweetness. It gives us a dopamine hit and our body loves it. However, it's not necessarily really good for us to have like a super sweet spike because she says... Um, a sweet spike contains both glucose and fructose, and our body uses a glucose part, but fructose can't be used by our body, and it goes right just to our fat cells. So the most important, I feel like, chapter is in part two in chapter six. I mean, not important. There's all this leading up in those chapters before, trying to explain glucose and how it all works and breaks down in our bodies and how we need it. But then she goes into this analogy of imagine a train and you have a grandfather who's just retired. He's always wanted to work on a train. And so he goes and he just shovels coal into the engine to get the steam engine to go. And so that is what the mitochondria are the energy of our cells. And our food is like the coal that comes in and then they like shovel it into the right places like the engine and the engine burns it for fuel. But he said, when we start getting, so if you think about this grandfather and he's in the train and he gets a supply of coal and it's just enough for what the train needs for a certain amount of time, and he's able to shovel it into the engine to, you know, make the steam engine go. So, and it keeps on coming in regular intervals. But then she talks about how then he starts getting more and more coal sooner and quick, more quickly before he can use up the other coal. And it's just, he's trying to find places to store it. And soon he's running out of room. There's too much coal. He can't shovel it in because it's it's like filling the whole room. 
and he finally just gives up and the train stops. So she compares that to um, our energy, how like sometimes if we get too much fuel with our cells, it overwhelms them and the mitochondria can't get rid of them quick enough and actually kind of slows down because it's hard to deal with all of the coal, if that makes sense. So she talks about how, so when we have, let's say, a ton of sugar or a ton of pasta, that delivers way too much glucose to our body and then our cells get overwhelmed and can't really get rid of it as fast, which is sometimes why we feel sluggish. It's because um, our body can't process it fast enough and then it's just kind of like stops working as well. So the other thing is that when we have too much of this glucose, there's a couple things that happen. I'll go into a little bit more. I'm trying to, you know, when you read it and then I'm trying to also understand it and then explain it to you guys because it's very helpful. So obviously I'm just going to suggest you read the book, but this is just a little taste of what she's trying to say. So when our mitochondria are drowning in unnecessary glucose, tiny molecules with large consequences are released. They're called free radicals. And free radicals are a big deal because they touch anything and they can damage. So remember when we had the starch molecules, they're all together in a train. They're like, you know, they've got the lunch monitor keeping them together. But then there's these free radicals and they can snap and modify your DNA, which can create harmful genes and then poke holes in memories of cells and they can do all this damage. So then too many free radicals to be neutralized. Our body is said to be in a state of oxidative stress. Okay. So she says, over decades, cells become ravaged because they're stuffed, crowded, and overwhelmed. Our mitochondria can't convert glucose to energy efficiently. The cells starve, which leads to organ dysfunction. We feel this as humans, even though we're fueling by eating. We suffer from lassitude. It's hard to get up in the morning and we have no energy throughout the day. We're tired. So then she also talks about how we are browning, like our bodies are browning, glycating when we have too much glucose. And I don't know, I've heard this a lot. There's a lot of like ads about diabetes, the HbA1c or she calls it, or it's the hemoglobin A1c test. And it measures how many red blood cells have been glycated by glucose over the past two to three months. So she talks about how the combination of too many free radicals, oxidative stress, and glycation levels lead to a general state of inflammation in the body. And I don't know about you, but I've also been hearing how inflammation is really bad. And there's a lot of like diseases that are caused by inflammation. Okay. So then she gets into like what happens with our body when we eat something, okay? So when we eat something, our body turns it into glucose. And then our body tries to get rid of that glucose quickly. So our pancreas releases the hormone insulin. And the purpose of insulin is to stash the glucose that we don't need 
into different areas of our body. So there's a, a certain amount of glucose that we need. And if we have too much, we have what she calls a glucose spike. So we're, we have too much glucose that our body can use for that certain amount of time. Then the insulin, there's more insulin released and it starts stashing it in our body. And there are three places it stashes is. One storage unit is, she says, is the liver. And the liver turns it into a new form of glucose called glycogen. And it's a cousin to starch. And once glycogen is in that form, it doesn't do any damage. So it's not going to become a free radical molecule. So then our liver can, she says, hold about 100 grams of glucose. She says two large McDonald's fries. And the second storage unit is our muscles, which for a 150-pound adult can hold 400 grams of glucose as glycogen. So those two places can hold and turn the glucose into like non-damaging glycogen, if that makes sense. Once insulin has stored it, all the glucose it can in our liver and our muscles and any glucose beyond that is turned into fat and stored in our fat reserves. And she says that's one way that we put on weight. And the other thing she mentions is that fructose can only be stored as fat. It can't even be turned into glycogen. But I really love this paragraph that she says is like, many of us have complicated feelings about fat, but it's actually very useful. Your body uses its fat reserves to provide storage space for the excess glucose and fructose floating around in your bloodstream. We shouldn't be mad at our body for putting on fat. Instead, we should be thanking it for trying to protect us from oxidative stress, glycation, and inflammation. The more you're able to grow the number and size of your fat cells, which is usually a function of genetics, the longer you'll be protected against excess glucose and fructose, but the more weight you will put on. So I just think that's really, really helpful to understand like what our body is doing. So obviously our body needs a good amount of glucose to fuel all the things that our organs and our muscles are doing. And she says, but many times we as humans today get too much sugar in different forms, it doesn't really matter, or too much glucose, everything eventually really gets turned into glucose. And then our body works on stashing it in the right places so it doesn't turn into free radicals, so we don't get into oxidative stress or like the glycation, which she talks about. So the other thing she says, when we say I want to lose weight, what we're actually saying is I want to empty my fat cells of the fat they contain so they deflate like a balloon, reduce in size and with them my waist size. To do so, we just need to be in fat burning mode. So just as Jerry could tap into his starch reserves at night, our body can call on glycogen in our liver and muscles to turn back into glucose whenever the thousands of mitochondria in each cell need it. Then when our glycogen reserves begin to diminish, our body draws on the fat in our fat reserves for energy. We're in fat burning mode and we lose weight. But she says this is only when our insulin levels are low. Insulin makes the route to our fat cells a one-way street. Things can go in, but nothing can come out. We're not able to burn any existing reserves until our insulin levels start coming back down about two hours after a spike. Okay, so she talks about when you have a spike, it's when you're eating, let's say, just a lot of just carbs. And we'll get more into the hacks next episode. 
but I just found it really interesting to understand what that our body does need glucose, like that's its prime energy source, but that our body can get some glucose from our muscles and our liver if we don't like have enough. As you're learning about what your health goals are and how to make that work, I think understanding how to um, keep your blood sugars at like an optimum level. And I can't remember if it goes up to like, it's like 100 or 80 between, and I'll, I'll look that up for next week. Okay. So she has one chapter that is all about short-term and long-term effects of glucose spikes. So this is when you just get a little too many that your body can't deal with. So it just kind of depends on your body, obviously, but like, so she talks about these short-term effects as constant hunger, cravings, and what I thought was interesting is she says, we have cravings when we're coming down after a glucose spikes. So when we reduce our spikes, that actually is going to reduce our cravings. She says chronic fatigue is a result. And then she mentioned poor sleep. And obviously, I am kind of like trying to understand this for my son and sort of wish I had understood this for my mom. But here she says, a common symptom of dysregulated glucose is waking up suddenly in the middle of the night with a pounding heart. Often, it's a result of a glucose crash in the middle of the night. Going to sleep with high glucose levels or right after a big glucose spike is also associated with insomnia in postmenopausal women and sleep apnea in a segment of the male population. If you want a good night's sleep, flatten your curve. So then she goes on to say colds and coronavirus complications, um, gestational diabetes is harder to manage, hot flashes and night sweats, migraines, memory and cognitive function issues. And type 1 diabetes is harder to manage when you have more glucose spikes. And then she says long-term effects of acne and other skin conditions, aging and arthritis, Alzheimer's and dementia, cancer risk, depressive episodes, gut issues, heart issues, infertility and polycystic ovarian syndrome, insulin-resistant and type 2 diabetes, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, and wrinkles and cataracts. Okay, you guys. (laughs) There's so many things that I'm like, wow, just simply trying to work on this one thing, stabilizing your blood sugar, can it really help all those things? And she claims that it totally can and that you can like heal your body as you kind of really understand how to, what she calls flattening your glucose curve. I know for me, I have been working on this for the past, well, since June for the past six months, a little over six months. And I have noticed a difference. Like I was not having any trouble sleeping, but I was noticing that, um, I was having trouble, like even when I was exercising and I felt like I was eating pretty well, which I think is part of the problem when you try to understand what it means to eat pretty well. Like what does that mean and what is the purpose of it? And so this has just been really helpful to understand that 
Um, eating well is trying to keep your blood sugar at a certain range. And I need to look at that range for next week, but the healthy range that it needs to be in. And then reducing the amount of glucose spikes you have really does have an effect. And as of today, I've lost like um, 15 pounds just by like really keeping it at a level. And you know, I don't know as you get into your late 40s and you think, wow, I can't even lose weight. Like I'm just kind of stuck. And I am like surprised at how easy I actually lost it in the first probably month and a half, two months, and it felt really easy. This was with a program called Disruptive Nutrition. She has a podcast, Carrie Lupoli of Disruptive Nutrition. And she has a podcast. Um, she has a program. I do have to admit that it is initially quite expensive, um, just to be aware, which is why I really like this book because I feel like it can get you started in a direction first so you can sort of try it out before you maybe want to understand it a little bit more. And there are different programs, I'm sure, out there. But I think, anyway... Today, I just wanted to introduce you to the idea of blood sugar stabilization and understanding kind of what your what your body does with glucose when it enters your body. And then next week, we're going to talk about a couple of the hacks that she suggests to start using to help you kind of reduce your glucose spikes. And hopefully this makes sense. I'm like thinking, wow, when I look back at this, am I just rambling and definitely read the book. I got it from the library. I had to wait a little while to get it. And so I read it earlier in the fall. And then I've been reading again this week, which has been really nice, just to kind of remember all the things that she helps you understand just about how your body works. So um, this is just a little tidbit. And hopefully it can help you, especially this next three weeks as you're kind of like, making health goals and trying to understand whatever that looks like for you. Okay, you guys have an awesome week and we'll talk more about this book next week as well. Okay. Thanks so much. See ya. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week and thanks for listening. 